Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. Call the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. It's a serious question. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. You're listening to Just Ask the Question, Adventures in Reporting with your host, Brian Karam. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Kerman. With me today is former presidential former. candidate, <laughs> former congressman, <laughs> and bon vivant, who's just come back from his <laughs> trip to the sub No, that's different, Joe Walsh. So this is Joe Walsh, the political candidate. <laughs> Joe, it's good to have you back on the show. Maybe I asked you this, Brian, but you, you did speak to the other Joe Walsh once, didn't you? Yeah, I interviewed him once. He was... Uh, not as eloquent as you are. Could play a mean guitar though. <laughs> so, he was hey, he was talented. He is, yeah, still is. I mean, um, Funk Forty Nine, uh, yeah. and, and some of that stuff is really, really cool stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and we can talk about that. But right now, we're gonna we're gonna take a short commercial uh, break and you know pay the bills. And when we come back, lots to unpack. And I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about a tweet you had earlier this week about. Uh, gun violence and uh, prying guns out of your cold gray hands. So we'll, we'll, start, <laughs> we'll start there when we come back. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, Just Ask the Questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth with Brian's in-depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not released anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Kerman. With me today, uh, back to the show, Joe Walsh, former presidential candidate, former congressman, and if uh, if everybody's lucky, maybe a future congressman, uh, senator. <laughs> but Joe brought you here to talk a little bit about uh, a tweet you had earlier this week about guns in uh, regards to the gun violence in Louisville and other places. Um, let's start with that. You you had said uh, you you don't want to. You're you're one of those. You can't pry my gun out of my, my except out of my cold dead cold hands. dead hands. Yeah. <laughs> so. How do you how do you propose or do you propose dealing with the gun violence in this country? Because um, you're going to piss I, off a lot of people with that statement. I know. I I wanted to get people's attention, but I am Brian. I I wanted to. What what's so hard is I'm no longer a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. So politically, I'm homeless, but I'm still pretty darn conservative. You look good for a homeless guy. You look good for a homeless guy. And I'm, uh, I, I've always been a really big, strong gun rights, Second Amendment advocate. 
Um, look, we've got a problem in this country. I'll acknowledge it. We have 400 some million guns. We have a gun culture that's gone wacky, batshit crazy. I mean, our, our gun culture in this country traditionally has been pretty responsible. Most gun owners are responsible. But lately, Brian, and you've seen it, some of these Republicans, I mean, just showing off how big they are on guns and it it, it just just crazy stuff. I mean, I'm a big gun guy, but I'd never put it on my Christmas card. Well, <laughs> You've got yeah, members of Congress their, doing that. Yeah, they're posing with their kids, talking yeah. about indoctrination. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But th- I mean, that is what we are. And unlike all these other countries in the world, we do have a second amendment. It's not going anywhere. Um, people well, what about the right- feeling that, that the, you know, I think it was Justice Brandeis, I can't remember which justice it was, said the biggest fraud ever perpetrated was that the Second Amendment means everybody should, you know, pack guns, that it's really about a well-regulated, being well-regulated, operative word, militia. I mean, that's I think it was Berger. I think yeah, it was Berger. You're right, Berger. I'm sorry. Um, and I'll, I'll fight. He, uh, he couldn't fight me anymore because he's no longer with us. Yeah. But I, I'd fight him tooth and nail on that. But my point was, Brian, we do have a problem. As a big gun guy, I think the solution is, if you want to find a solution, do what we can before a gun is bought to make sure bad guys, crazy guys, sick guys don't get guns. Once Democrats start talking about banning this gun or that gun, they lose gun owners. So strengthen background checks, things like that. But no one even wants to, I mean, you can't get the right, look, I was in the White House on Monday. First question I asked, and and tried to ask uh, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre about the president supposedly has this great reputation for making deals. Why didn't he have the Republicans up and make a deal on on this? Sit down, sit them down behind a desk. De- they can't even get them up there to talk about, you know, background checks. And to me, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not worried about the guy stockpiling weapons who wants to have a love affair with his Glock. I'm worried about a guy who just bought a gun a week ago, has no uh, record, no criminal record. He, he's all of a sudden he has an AR-15 and a pistol and a boatload of ammunition. That tells me he's going to go out and kill some people and use the pistol in himself when he's done. And that's time and time again, we've seen that. And um, and, and we, we saw his mother actually called 911 yes. before the attack because she was concerned. So, yeah, red flags again. So. so how do you get them to the, how do you get anyone to the table for a background check? Brian, I'm going to give you a shitty answer. Uh, A lot of this is really difficult. And in a country, in a free country with 440 million guns, uh, if a bad guy or a sick guy wants to get his hands on a gun, it's awful hard to stop him. I I don't think that means we don't do anything. I think we do need bigger, tighter background checks. I think we ought to look at a person's- Cooling off period? uh, Look at things like cooling off period. Look at, I mean, really putting teeth into red flag laws. So so a family member uh, or a cop or a friend can temporarily have a gun removed from somebody. Um, These are areas, Brian, that gun owners support. The problem is the fucking NRA, um, of which I am no longer part of. I used to be a member and I'm not either. Yeah, because they won't even give a fucking inch at all. But but most gun owners support some of this stuff, a lot of this stuff. The problem is these gun owners need to be organized. And right now they're not.
So are you going to take care of that for us? You get back to me in the next week. I'm thinking about it. I actually, you and I laugh, but I think that's, that's the missing piece is there needs to be a lobbying group of gun owners to rival the NRA, uh, a lobbying group of gun owners who are open to some basic reforms. Well, what about the fact, one of the uh, facts that are thrown out, tossed around is when we had a, uh, an assault weapons ban, these types of shootings went down that they were bull. bull. You, you don't buy that. I don't buy it at all. And I don't buy it at all. Uh, to me, the data doesn't show that you and I could argue about that, but well, but, I, I, the raw facts would seem to indicate it. Uh, uh, I'm not uh, the raw facts to me, tell me a different story, but are, okay. But, but Brian, um, what are you going to ban? So you banned the AR-15, even the, the assault weapon ban had so many exceptions and, and these guns are modified in a hundred different ways. It's to me, it's impossible to ban. And there are, here's the other thing, Brian, tell me yeah. if you have a problem with this. There are 20 million AR-15s out there. Um, people love the AR-15 for a lot of legit reasons. Name what, one. What do you, they're easy to shoot. They're fun to shoot. It's a good home defense weapon. And I know people are going to laugh. You can hunt with these things. There's zero recoil. Women can shoot ARs. Um, My problem is talk- they're too easily converted to automatic. Well, again, and, and that should be, and that is illegal. And that's the kind of thing that is illegal right now on the books. Uh, anybody converting or having an automatic firearm, you, you can't in this country. Um, well, you can't legally, but it's done you can't all the legally. time. But the problem, and here, I'll say this. The problem um, with existing legislation is you can't enforce what already exists. There aren't enough members of the ATF out there to do that. So passing anything else would seem to be problematic unless you have more you're going to have to beef up the ATF and put more inspectors out in the field because I get, I, I have FOIA'd and gotten, you know, inspections from gun shops and they break the rules all the time and no one sanctions them for it. There simply is no way to in, enforce it. And that's frightening to me. But Brian, as frightening as that might be, that's the reality. So you, but so let's let's outlaw so-called assault weapons tomorrow. How are you okay. going to do that? Really? And, and by the way, if you do it, there are twenty to thirty million out there right now. Yeah. When I just, I, I'm not like I said. I'm not worried about the gun, the people who collect guns. Most of them, and I've run into many of them. And I, yeah, look, this is going to piss people off, and I don't give a shit. But I've I've run across plenty of people who collect guns friendliest people you'll ever meet, they really don't have any intention of using the damn guns. Right. They like to collect them like, you know, I collect coins or, right. you know, it, now <laughs> some of them are a little out there. And, right. and those are the people that would join, you know, like the Branch Davidian cults. That's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to have seven or eight weapons in your house, nine or 10, I don't give a shit. I'm worried about getting the weapons out, out of the hands of those who are mentally unstable. And we haven't done anything about that. And I hear all the time, like after this last shooting and the one in Nashville, well, it's the far left crazies who are, are shooting people up. No. And then, and that's not, you know, no. true. Or I hear it's the far right crazies. 
And the thing that I always go back to is, can we take the politics out of it and just use that one term? Crazy. crazy. They're fucking yeah. crazy. They don't need fucking weapons. Keep this. Yes. Rather than banning those people who will be responsible gun owners, and I think there needs to be education for gun ownership, and I think the NRA used to do it and doesn't do it very well. Doesn't anymore. anymore. And all of those things are important to responsible gunmen. And please don't put, you know, don't send me a Christmas card with your two-year-old holding an AR-15. It's just not, I, I'm not there. I, we glorify, yeah, yeah, Brian, we, we look, my, my old side glorifies yes. guns. I love guns and I love gun rights, but we glorify this? That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, but you're not, you're, look, I, 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 again, I go back to this. It, the, the two sides could come together on, I mean, strengthening background checks like we've never seen, never seen. Um, uh, the shooter before, the shooter at the school in Tennessee uh, three weeks ago um, had mental health issues that were not caught in the background check. That kind of shit shouldn't happen. Right. Well, and uh, I was just checking on the uh impacts of the 1994 assault weapons ban according to this federal report it decreased there is mixed results on the overall effectiveness of crime but what decreased was the use of those weapons in mass shootings so maybe the mass shootings didn't go down but using those weapons in mass shootings went down because you and couldn't get them and brian you know bugs me about this is you're not you but so many people are so uninformed you know the vast majority of mass shooters use handguns and and virtually every gun sold in america today is semi-automatic long or short yeah they're, that's they're all semi-automatic and you can get anything you want at a gun show <laughs> yes <laughs> yes but there should be background checks at gun shows there should yes. be background checks everywhere well, here's um, the one I use is, and you're right about people not understanding the law. They don't even understand that we can't enforce existing laws, which was the point I made earlier, which bothers me. But here's what I want to address. The, I covered a, a shooting in uh, San Antonio years ago where a guy got pissed off at his wife, walked across the street to a Walmart, bought himself a 45 and some ammunition, came back, shot his wife in the head, shot both of his kids, shot the dog, and then shot himself. He was pissed. Now, if there was a cooling off period between buying the, the between the purchase of the handgun and acquiring the handgun, perhaps calmer heads would have prevailed and he wouldn't have, you know, ended up as violently as he did. The same thing with this. This I'm guy. assuming he passed a background check when he bought that gun. It's Texas. What background check do you? <laughs> well, I mean, I know, but I know, but there's a federal background check that yeah. he would have had to have passed. He bought the gun and 30 minutes later killed his wife and his kids. So whatever he had he whatever hurdle there was it was low well, i'm saying increase the hurdle after you get the gun i've i don't know anybody that wants to or any sane person or any yeah i mean look we've never done it we've never you know they keep saying they're going to come take their guns but nobody ever has no no one's ever come and taken the gun so taking the guns after you have them is not the point on, on the hill with i don't want to get shot on <laughs> no pun intended it's yeah. making sure that beforehand that there are rigorous checks in place so that people who purchase the guns aren't going to go out and do what they did in Louisville or do what this guy did in San Antonio and give them a cooling off period. Is that irresponsible I, or understandable? I, I, I think, Brian, that that area right there is the area where 
from my cold dead hands, Joe Walsh can come together with Brian Karam and we can craft a compromise. I'm in. Doing, doing as much as we can up front, front. before a gun is bought. And, and oh, by the way, Brian, but I also throw in red flag laws after a gun is bought. Um, and a Explain lot of people what you mean by red flag red laws for those who don't understand. Go ahead with I red, mean. red flag laws are uh, you own a gun and a family member, uh, somebody in law enforcement or a good friend has reason to believe that you are a danger to yourself or somebody else. Uh, they can go to local law enforcement. Your guns can be temporarily seized. You get there's due process. You get in front of a judge. You make your case, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's all right to to ensure that somebody who might be going through something shouldn't be around their guns. They're in about 20 some states. There are constitutional issues with them. We got to make sure that it's timely due process. Right. But this gives a wife or a husband or a local cop the ability to see somebody's guns to make sure that person's not a danger to themselves or somebody else. Then and so. Why can't that, that look, Joe, you were part of the tea party. You're, yeah. You, you were, you're considered, well, maybe you're not considered conservative now. <laughs> I'm still considered a gun nut. I mean, I'm, I'm considered Brian. I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed gun nut. I, I love the second amendment every much as I love the first amendment, but we, we do a shitty job in this country of doing what you just said, trying to keep guns away from mentally crazy people. Yeah, and we have more guns than people in this country. That's that's to me is <laughs> right. But I don't know what you're going to do about that. There'll well, be more I don't guns think you, tomorrow. I, people I, listening to you and I are going to go buy guns. Yeah, I, I right, and I don't. I'm not worried. I, I have to say, look, I'm not even worried about the, the other argument is criminals will get guns. Well, I've been robbed, and when I gave them the money, and they didn't shoot me. <laughs> they were, they, I got robbed. Here's the money. Thank you very much. And it was, it was almost like a business transaction. <laughs> a gun, how much is it going to cost me? What do you got in your wallet? I have the most amazing coincidence to report. I want it. You got it. See you. Bye. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, I'm less worried about that criminal than I am. And maybe that's me. Maybe I should be more worried about the criminal, but I'm worried about terrorism and I'm worried about people who are the stochastic terrorists and, you know, the people like the seditionists on January 6th and, and crazy people, which I guess are part of the same Venn diagram. Here's what we always got to remember, my friend. Um, uh, the homicide rate and the suicide rate in this country, the last 40 years has been pretty flat yeah. until, the, until the last couple of years. Well, I blame now, Trump for that. <laughs> right. But, but, the number of guns in America has almost doubled in the last, tripled in the last 40 years. So it's not just, something else is going on besides just the guns. Well, yeah, I get that too. But when people say it's not guns that kill people, it's people who kill people, I go, yes, it's people with guns. That's yes, that's, that's the problem. Uh, you know, it, we, right, all I'm saying is we have three times as many guns in this country as we did 40 years ago. The homicide rate's about the same. So, so it's not just the guns, but we've seen a big uptick in the last two to three years. I think COVID's responsible for some of this. I think COVID, uh, mental health, Donald Trump, uh, there is a real, you know, you talk to people around this country and that's, and I had wanted to touch on this subject a little bit too, and perfect opportunity to do it. I, I talk to people who are just 
They're scared. They don't know if the country's going to last. They don't know we're more divided than ever. There are people that are saying, look, we're just ignoring the fact that we're the closest we've ever been to a nuclear war since uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, and so there, I think part of that is just the fear and lack of hope. Do you see that as well? Completely. And then you throw on top of that. So, I mean, my God, Brian, if you if you and I lived on Twitter all day, we'd want to shoot ourselves. No pun intended. Or, or, or other people. No pun or intended. Or other people. Thank <laughs> you. Or other people. Um, no, this me. is a dangerous time in America. We are uh, divided. And my what... former political party is fully anti-democracy. So yes. think about that. One of our two major political parties no longer believes in democracy. This is scary shit. Well, other than arming people to the teeth, what's your, what's your, by the way, I've been, you know, I saw a tweet today. It was from that one woman who's, I, I, I don't remember her name, but she was going, arm everybody. That's a solution. And I'm going, I've been to places where everyone's armed. Those are called war zones. That's, that's, that's not exactly what I want <laughs> or I think anybody should want. Yeah. It's, and it's such a tough, it's a weird issue, Brian, because people, there are people on the left who I respect who think like uh, we got to get rid of all the guns or, or, or that, that if people are like if people are carrying, if I'm walking down the street and I see people carrying guns like that doesn't wig me out at all. I could care less. I don't think it would wig you out, but it would wig out half this country. I think it would wig out a lot of people. I, I, I would probably walk and look and see what the hell there if, if, if some shit's going to hit the fan. And then I'd pull out my pad and pen and go, see, right, that's the journalist in you. Yeah, that's, that's the journalist yeah, in you. That's the person I'm doing. I'm, you know, there's gunfire. I'm running to it. That's you, just the way. You, you're after the story. Brian yeah, after what the hell's the going story. on here? That's, yeah. Um, but yeah, I get that. But I, I mean, I think there is a, uh, a time and place where I don't think you need to take an AR-15 to the grocery store with you. I, I mean, unless it's- No, but if you went to the grocery store and you saw somebody carrying an AR-15 in a state where it's legal to do, mm -hmm. like that wouldn't fluster me at all. And I don't think it would fluster you. No, I don't it think- might make I, you I lived in Texas. <laughs> it, yeah. it didn't fluster me. <laughs> Sometimes I would go up and go, hey, what is that? <laughs> Brian, it goes to the rural-urban divide in this country. I think it, it goes it, to something deeper than that, but I think you're right. I think part of it, I think part of, um, I mean, I have uh, in-laws who would definitely, and they're very, uh, you know, they live in the country. They're yeah. very rural, and they yeah. would, in a heartbeat, um, but they also are very responsible with their guns. Yeah. They don't show them out. They don't brag. Uh, there is a certain um, confidence because they know how to use them, and they don't, yeah. And they don't, I, I, what, in that case, I'm worried about the guy who's carrying in public and I, you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't fluster me, but my concern would be, why do you feel the need to carry it in public? First thing I'm going to ask is, is, are, have there, have there been robberies around here? You know, let's say, let's say, what, do I need to be carrying? <laughs> and, See, you're a bad example again, because you're yeah. a journalist. You're yeah. a bad example. I know, I, I'm always asking why. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so I, I get that. But going back to the other thing we were talking about is um, what when we talk about the divisiveness in this country, I, I feel like it's coming to a head. And I, I'd like to get your thoughts on that and your concerns. Do you see us 
getting past it or do you see us you're you're you know just irretri- irretrievably broken i don't know if we'll get past it i know it's going to be ugly for a long time i don't think the republican party can be fixed um i think we're going to see a, a lot of lone wolf violence in this country these next couple of years heading into this election do you think donald trump will be on the ticket in 2024 I think he's the nominee, and I think he's got a decent chance of getting reelected. Wow. Why do you, why do you believe that? Um, because he only lost to Joe Biden by about 55,000 votes. Um, uh, Where? He, it was like 7 million. Or... No, no. Well, yeah. If you we went by average? the popular vote. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia. He lost oh. electorally by 55,000 votes. If he wins those three states, he's the president. Oh, my God, Brian. Can you hear that? My fire alarm. Uh, Hold on. And we'll be right back after this. Hey, you. Yeah, you. We're talking to you, and we need your help. Seriously. As you probably know, independent journalism is a vital pillar of our democracy, like everything else, it's not free. We're asking all longtime listeners of the show to help support us by becoming a member on Patreon. For the price of a latte, you can help guard democracy. Join us today at patreon.com slash JATQ podcast to help us keep bringing you the podcast you love and the facts you deserve. Hi, we're back. It's just asked the question, and uh, Joe Walsh is back after putting out the fire in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Brian. <laughs> glad was glad you're all right. <laughs> uh, I was burning food in the stove. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's, glad to have you back, and you're okay. So, <laughs> well, when we went to break, I was going to go to break shortly, so it timed it nicely. But <laughs> now, now that we're back. Um, we were talking about the divisiveness and you believe that Donald Trump will be the nominee and that he has a decent chance for reelection. Yeah. yeah, because Brian, look, uh, Joe Biden's 80 years old. Uh, I don't, we don't know. I think he's going to run. He wants, I to don't run. think he is. Uh, I know that you think that the Democrats have their issues. There are a lot of people in the middle who don't like either party. Um, that's most people. That's most people. Trump can work a lot of these people. I just think we're blind if we don't think he can be reelected. I, I think he can be. I think he can be the nominee. I think the next year is going to determine that. And I think it's going to depend a lot on how many times he's indicted. Uh, whether And remember, it, and it was Anthony Scarmucci who noted it recently, but I do remember when Donald Trump said he was announcing that he said, sure, I'm going to be the nominee unless a doctor comes along and tells me I can't, you know, and then I'll back out. I could see him backing out, claiming that he's got, you know, issues, uh, health issues, maybe not mental health, but, you know, (laughs) but physical health issues. And that would leave the, uh, I, I think the, the path wide open for anyone. And I don't think it would be Ron DeSantis. He has all the appeal of, uh, you know, roadkill. Um, so yeah. that's, that's the Republican party is, I would like to see younger leadership, you know, maybe someone who can't personally remember when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan would be a good start, but <laughs> that's, you know, that's, 
But I, I also think that if Donald Trump doesn't run or backs out, I don't think Joe Biden runs again. I think that the things that he's done and said make me, while he says right now he's in, makes me question whether or not he's really committed to a race, another race. This visit to Ireland, for example, yeah, is all the, has all the earmarks of a you know, I, I love you, see you later. It's a second term type of visit. It wasn't right. for it was for very little reason, just that right. he wanted to go. Right, and um, his reaction and interaction with the press makes me wonder because if you're running for re-election, you're damn sure going to be out in front of the press far more often than he is. He doesn't seem to care one way or another, and he also doesn't really seem to care what's thought of him or that the fact that his communications are so bad. Yeah. So it makes me think that <clears throat> he's going to do what he wants to do for four years and then he's out. And remember, he said at Christmas time, I'll come back after the first year and tell you. And he still hasn't really told us. So I'm not sure that he's going to run. Maybe me, I don't might be wrong. He may, he, he, at any rate, it's his last election one way or another, but he's 80 and Donald Trump's closing in on 80 would be what 78 79 if he got we don't need either one of them to be honest with you i i I would love to see someone else um you running (laughs) well well, i i tried that um uh here's your chance you're running (laughs) it may be brian what we get we may be in one of these weird moments where everything's on hold like we need new yep. leadership, we need another generation of leaders, we need political reform, we need all of this. But right now, the Republican Party is a threat to our democracy. They got this guy named Trump, who's their leader. So right now, we have to put off everything and just defeat By him. him. Yeah, I agree with that. That's I tall. don't disagree with that. <clears throat> and, and there's Donald, speaking of which, I just got another email asking me to, oh, he's going to give me a call. <clears throat> Aha. Uh-huh. All I got to do is donate $47 and he's going to give me a call and thank me. But see, that's the other thing, Brian. Like if I'm Biden, and I think you're right. I think part of Biden is waiting. He's put off his announcement. But he also, I think, loves having Trump's face in the news every day. Sure. Does it doesn't hurt him and and watching him and DeSantis beat each other up or any of that or him being in trouble in court or the the, you know, the lawsuit against him for rape, all of that stuff. And I mean, I'm sure he doesn't even mind that, you know, Michael Cohen got slapped with a $500, $500 million lawsuit. Right. He's going to eat that up, which is obviously witness intimidation or that or an attempt at witness. Intimidation. Yes. That's all that is from Donald Trump. But no. So Biden keeps his head down and just does his job. Yeah. And then can rise above it if needed. Yes. Um, I, I do believe maybe you disagree with me. I think this one New York indictment really helps Trump. I tend to believe that it doesn't matter how many times he's indicted, 35 to 40% of the Republican Party base is, is just tied to him no matter what. I, I don't think, I, I think looking down the road, this indictment of Donald Trump opens the door for indictments of everyone. It, it, that's because it's been successfully done now yeah. against Donald Trump. So Pence, Bill Barr, and I'm just throwing those names out hypothetically. I mean, it, yeah. you know, Hunter Biden, I, you know, whoever. But it, any everyone will be accountable because yes. of this. And that I think that, so I don't think, and I do agree with the 
sentiment that it never helps in the long run to be under indictment running for office. Uh, it's going to take up a lot. Of, that is going to take up a lot of his time for the next year. So is the civil suit. And I think if Georgia drops, then that's another one. I, I likened it earlier to a jab. It's like if you're a boxer in a boxing ring, here's the jab. It sets up the body blow, Georgia, which sets up, you know, the uppercut, which is, you know, Mar-a-Lago, and then the haymaker, January 6th. It's a combo. It's a first in a combo. If that's the case, then I don't think Donald Trump fares that well. If this is the only case against him, then I would agree with you that it would benefit him. He's going to have his base no matter what. So it doesn't matter. And, and, and that, Brian, combined with the fact that the voters in my former party, they want a bully. They want a son of a bitch. They want an authoritarian. And right now that's Trump or DeSantis. You're right. I know DeSantis pretty well. He's got zero charisma. He's going to just be a big thud on the national scene. So if DeSantis is out of the picture, there's no other bully in the Republican field like a Trump. Right. I, I uh, well, and what I've said, and look, I, I freely admit this pair could never get out of a Republican primary. However, if, if the Republicans were smart, it would be <clears throat> Adam Kinzinger as VP and Liz Cheney at the top of the ticket. And you're would, smoking, you're smoking marijuana again, Brian. Well, not yet, but maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> Edibles. I gave up smoking for, you know, for Easter. No, but uh, actually I'll take the bourbon. Yeah. I, you know, I know it would never happen. Right. But it would be a, that would be a, a ticket that could win a national election in a cakewalk and we get a lot of crossover female. And by, by the way, that would mean the Republicans would be able to say they elected the first woman president. That would be, if they opened their eyes for 10 seconds, rather than embracing the bully, they, they could be a successful party. They have that within them to do it, but I don't see them doing it. Yeah, that day's done. I, I appreciate it. It's gone. There's no never Trump lane in this party. There's no not Trump lane in this party. Um, and it, 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 Lindsey Graham even said, if we, if we embrace him, it's the end of our party. What happened to him? Does Trump have pictures of him with goats? I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> hey, it's the one thing Trump was right about, Brian. He said right away early on that the Republican Party is really weak. Yes. And they were, because he overtook it without firing a shot seven years ago. And I'll tell you something that Michael Cohen told me yesterday, and this is before the suit was slapped on him. He said, Donald Trump lives to hate. He's yeah. motivated by hate and revenge. And I think that that's, the man has a point. And I think that that's what you're looking at in the Republican Party, a Republican Party that hates and is motivated by hate and revenge because he runs absolutely look what the house republicans are going to do for two years it's the not revenge they, tour that's all they're going to do they're not going to legislate shit they, no. <laughs> which you know i so i it makes me wonder is there room in the republican party no is there room in the democratic party for former republicans who have sense like you. no 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 well maybe not 
uh, couldn't you run as a conservative Democrat? Hint, hint. There's part of me that's thought about that. Um, uh, but I'm not going to break any news on your show, young man. <laughs> you break uh, it on yours? <laughs> no, no. But I don't know, Brian, that the, the, that that the Democratic Party would embrace a conservative like me. Um, well, there would be parts of there would be places in the country that would nationally. Look, I don't think it, you're right. I think the point is, it's a good question, Brian. Um, I think my former party is shrinking. I think it's dying as a national party. It's a bunch of older and older, middle-aged, older white men and women. I think the Republican Party is becoming a regional rural party. Yes, It's a great opportunity for Democrats to have a major political realignment if they wanted to. And they could grab people like me if they wanted to have a super big tent. I don't know that they will. Why not? Well, I'm a pro, I'd be a pro-gun Democrat, pro-gun rights Democrat. I wouldn't be an extremist on abortion, but I'm a pro-life, I'm a reasonable pro-life. Explain uh, that to me. That's the other thing I want to talk to you about. It, pro-life, <clears throat> uh, you're, you're anti-abortion? Except I don't, you're right, Brian, thank you. I don't call myself pro-life anymore because my pro-life side used that moniker as a weapon. Yeah. We're all pro-life. Both sides value life. But yeah, so I oppose abortion. When, um, is there, are there times when you would not oppose abortion? Yeah, oh, a, a, absolutely. I, and see, I oppose what all these extremist red states are doing now trying to outlaw abortion from day one or in the second week or in the fourth week or in the sixth week. I think most of the American people believe a woman should have an unfettered right to choose up until a certain point in that pregnancy where, you know, viability, whatever, where that baby can live on its own. And then there should be some restrictions. I think that's where most Americans are. I think most babies would like to live on their own in California. It's a nice place. <laughs> But uh, I'm sorry. The weather is taboo. It's great. <laughs> it's fabulous. We love it. Uh, so, uh, but all right. So you're up to a certain point in after conception, you're fine with it if there's an agreement, but after a certain point, not. I, yeah, I look, I, I and what again, is that point? Uh, you, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, some people talk about 15 weeks or 22 weeks or 24 weeks or 26 weeks. It's this notion of viability with me, again, where that baby, Brian, what, what's so hard about this issue is I don't want the government telling any of us what to do with our bodies. There you Fucking go. Period. But what makes abortion weird and unique is there's a separate life in that woman's body. Now, now there's a point somewhere in that pregnancy where that separate life can survive on its own. To me, then, the state has an obligation to protect that life. If you can define when that can be viable. And, and well, what about the, Roe? What about the 50 years of Roe v. You know, of Wade? That was so we've regressed from a right to taking away that right. When has the government ever taken away those rights? Well, the bad thing, my friend, about Roe, and you and I might disagree on this. The country now is having the political fight about this issue that we should have had 50 years ago. Oh, I don't disagree with that. The 
the the fact the court that, took it away the, the court took it away and we never codified it we never did anything with it we never defined it that's our Bingo. fault that's Bingo. i agree with you there so we're now gonna, now now we're going to have that fight and even though it's ugly in some of these red states i think most americans don't want the extreme out ban abortion from the beginning no most want, americans don't want abortions on demand throughout a whole pregnancy so I think the political process is going to get us to what, what you and I are talking about. And I, I think there's got to be exceptions too. Like if you find out it's seven months that uh, the baby's going to kill you. I mean, at some point, I mean, there has to be, there has to be a reasonable, but we're not reasonable about this issue. It's all or nothing. And it's, all, it's become very divisive. And, and look, neither one of us are women, at least I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> and, but careful though. We live in a time. Well, where... I, I'm, I, I'm all for that too. I, I'm fine too. with that. You can call Me yourself too. a mop and I'll say Mazel Tov. I don't care. But, um, but since we're not, I, I think at the end of the day, you have to, as you said earlier, realize that women have a right to decide for themselves their own health care. And that's it, it. That's where I, I think you've got to draw the line somewhere is that, you know, I get to decide for me what to do with my body. A woman gets to decide for herself what to do with her body. And you're saying that the uh, that the lines for political discourse are over whether or not that the person inside the other person is viable. Is I think I think a woman should have that right, Brian. Up until a certain point. And then there should be some restrictions taking into account a woman's health, all of that. Right. Up whether she's at, been at raped, whether point. or not she's been, uh, whether or not her health is, is in question. Okay. All right. That's where you fall down. I'm, I'm going to, I will support, I will support not only abortion, but postpartum abortion. I think you should be able to, uh, <laughs> to snuff them up until the point where they're 18. <laughs> I, they, yeah, I'm with you though. I would make an exception for the teenage years. Yeah, that's, especially if they're not off my payroll by the time they're 18. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was it, going back to the divisiveness. How do you, how, and, and we'll take a short break after this question and, and, and clean up. But uh, where do you fall down as far as where do you fall in putting this country back together? Where do you see this country 20 years from now? God, I hope you and I are still around raising hell. Well, I, I plan on it, my brother. <laughs> um, uh, that's a great question, Brian. I, I think, and you and I have talked about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm darker than you are. You're, you're sunnier than I am. I don't know if this thing can stay together. I know, comb the hair. What, what the little hair that's left. Yeah, I'm it. telling you, it's gone quick. Um, you're sunnier than I am. I don't know that we can keep this thing together. I really don't. And I, I'm not a Johnny come lately to this. I was talking this way 10 years ago when I was in Congress. I just worry that we kind of no longer agree on what this thing called America is. So what do we do? Yeah. I, I want the country to come together and talk. First of all, we need to talk with people who disagree with us and find out if we still, Brian, we're like a couple. We're like a married couple. We need therapy. All America right. needs therapy. You and I will go on a cross-country barnstorming tour getting people to talk. 
The left and you the be, right. You be Thelma, I'll be Louise. And if there it doesn't go. work, we're off the cliff. That's that's fine. That's <laughs> Some would say we already are. but <laughs> No, but that's, Brian, that's what's needed, is you and I get in a car, we travel this country, we give this country marital therapy. I'm in. You just say when, I'll say go. I even have a nice little Jeep. We can drive it around. It'll be fun. I'd love it. Yeah. I'd love it. That's <laughs> what the country needs. All right. We're going to take and a that, short by the way, by the way, that's what yes. I try to do now. You do a lot of this. Yes. We need, you're not in a tribe. Most Americans go to their tribes or their silos. We need to get people talking. We need to get inner, inner silo communication. Yes. <laughs> yes. And on that, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back and finish up. Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ Podcast. That's JATQ Podcast. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, Just Ask the Questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth. With Brian's in depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not found anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash JATQ podcast. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I'm, I am your host, Brian Karam, and with me is Joe Walsh, and we've just solved all the ills of the planet. Give early, give often. We're going to go on a cross-country tour, meeting people that hate us and trying to talk to them about how to solve this country's problems. I think that's a fucking great idea. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm so in. America <laughs> needs marriage therapy, Brian. <laughs> American marriage therapy. That's the name of the show. <laughs> that's holy crap. <laughs> or we get a divorce or we just get a divorce. Well, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> so as we finish up here, um, I, I guess the, the question remains, you say it's marriage therapy that we need. How do you approach, let's take the one issue. Let's go back to the very first issue, guns. How do you get two people in the room to discuss this? Biden hasn't seemed to been able to do it. How would you do that? Well, I, 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 I do it. Often, Brian, like uh, next week, I'm going to have David Hogg uh, is going to come on my podcast, Parkland School shooting survivor. And, and he want, I mean, he and I disagree on the issue of guns. And for an hour, we're going to sit there and go at it respectfully. Because right. um, I want I want people to see that a pro-gun guy and a pro-gun safety guy like David Hogg can have a conversation. I think people want to see that kind of thing. Um but nobody's doing it, Brian. I mean, look, your yes. world is media. Why doesn't CNN or MSNBC or some channel have a TV show on every night where you have a conservative host and a liberal host and you have respectful conversation about issues? Why because doesn't somebody it doesn't do that? sell tickets? You're saying there's no audience for it. I'm saying it doesn't. There might be an audience for it, but it would have to. Here's the thing. If you're going to do that in the media, and this is my argument about the media, it's got to be based on facts and limiting yourselves to logical discussion. And that turns some people off because they want to hear the gotchas. They want to hear every, you and I both know, we've both been on these shows 
where it's two or three minutes of talking and it's you get your point in, you get your gotcha, nothing is solved and you move on to the next episode where somebody else can rant and rave for another two or three minutes and people go, yeah, I agree with him. Yeah, that's what I think. And then, you know, they turn, nothing's solved. To do what you're talking about takes time to build that audience and you've got to build it over respect, logic and facts. And today we don't even agree on mutual facts. You is know, there an, is, would there be an audience for that kind of show today? Yes, I believe there would be. I think it would take two years to grow. It'd have to be heavily promoted and heavily invested in. But yes, I think American people, look, I, I meet people every day who are just tired. Just tired of this shit. Just tired of yeah. this shit. And as divisive as it is in this country, they just want to be able to raise their kids. And most people, look, I don't know about you, but you, you, you and I have talked, you know, it, it, and you're not the guy that's going to go out there and attack someone because they live a different life than you. Right. It's, it's a live and let live type of thing. I may disagree with what you say, but we'll defend to death your right to say it. And I may disagree with the way you live your life, but as long as it doesn't impact my life, what the fuck do I care what you do? Right. Right. If you came to me and said, Brian, I fall in love with my hedge in the backyard and we're going to get married. I'd say mazel tov. Here's a, God bless. Here's a present. Yeah. What I want to do. If you, it's, it's the whole issue over, you know, choosing your sex or choosing, go, going to a drag show. Really? I, my wife and I've gone to them. They're fun. Who gives a shit? That's it. Go or don't go live your life the way you want to, but don't impose the way you live your life on me. And well, right now, now, Brian, the only wrinkle to that is, and I agree with everything you just said. And my party doesn't even believe in live and let live my oh, old party it's live and let die. Yeah, but then like, there, okay, there's the issue of then transgender women competing in high school, college sports with cisgender women. Uh, um, and there's got to be a fairness. There's yeah. got to be a point there where it's fair. I, I well, it's, the, I, I, you know, if you're going to, on Monday, you're a guy that weighs 275 pounds and you're jacking 500 pounds of weight. And on Tuesday, you're a woman who's 275 pounds and you're jacking that weight. And you want it? No, I, I, I think that, yes, I can't. It's like the Supreme Court said about pornography. I don't, I can't define it, but I know what it is when I see it. This yeah. just takes common sense. This is, but we, we want to apply systemic rules to things that really need to be looked at individually, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's and, a good and point. And so, you know, I, I, I hired the first, you know, I didn't hire her because she was transgender, but I hired her because she was the best for the job. Yeah. I, you know, I hired a, a transgender woman who was an editor for the newspaper that I ran. And, you know, the, people said, well, you should take pride in that. You, you hired the first trans. I go, I did not hire her, nor did she want to be noticed. Right. Um, it, she was, she was the best person for the job and still is. Right. So that's why I hired her. And that's why I would hire anyone, regardless Amen. of their of their sex or their relationships. Is right. you know, as, as long as you're not diddling kids, you know, like the Dalai Lama asking you to suck his tongue. How weird was that, Brian? How weird <laughs> was that? That's when you know the world has gone off the rails. When the 87 year old Dalai Lama 
The man of spiritual enlightenment tells a prepubescent boy to suck on his tongue. I'm sure there were priests going, wow, not even we would try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's too much for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or there might have been priests who are going, gosh, I wish I had tried that. That's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh. but see, that's the problem with religion, too. It's gone from live and let live to I know very conservative Catholics who believe that you are impinging upon their rights, their freedom of speech, free religion rights, if you don't allow them to convert you. Yeah. That if you can't, if they, we don't allow them to proselytize to us and convert us, and we ask them to stop, then we're impinging upon their rights. So go, what about my rights to tell you, go fuck yourself. I don't want to do this. Brian, I, you nailed it, man. The whole concept of live and let live, we've lost. It's more pronounced on the right, but there are people on the left who are the same way. We got to get that back. Yeah, well, on the right, it's become live and let die. And, and I say we have two political parties in this country, one that has no heart, one that has no head. And you can decide which is which, but sometimes when you talk to uh, Democrats, it's obvious that they don't have a head for this. They don't get it. And uh, it's obvious that the Republicans don't care. Yes. It's all about, I mean, if you're going to openly embrace Putin, and, and look, at the bottom, at the end of the day, and, and this is in my column tomorrow, my biggest concern for this country is the fact that we are closer to, and I'm not, and, and this is kind of like the gun issue. I'm not worried about China or Russia or even the United States launching a nuclear weapon. I'm worried about some asshole in, in the field in Ukraine gets yeah. in there wild ass to do, or that dumbass in North Korea believes that he can start. And then it's a chain reaction and we're doomed and we're done. And it's like the same thing with guns. I'm not worried about the guys stockpiling the weapons. They, they stockpile those weapons sometimes for 30, 40 years. They've not done anything with them. They, yeah. Maybe they go home at night and make love to them. I don't know. I don't yeah. care. But they're not using them. It's the person. It's that lone wolf. And because people in this world today are so distraught, I mean, as I have said, and we've talked during this last hour about it, people are scared and frightened. Yeah. And when you're scared and frightened, you do things that you normally wouldn't do. So I, I, I think, Brian, this is going to be a really dangerous next two to four years like we have never seen. Wow. I really do. I, 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 I am a little bit more sunny. I have some hope. But I, <laughs> but I, I think you've got to get rid of Donald Trump first. Yes, though Trumpism has metastasized beyond him, but Trump needs to go. Yeah, you lop off the head and the rest will, I mean, it'll wither. And if it's not getting the oxygen that it's getting now, it will quiet and, you know, it'll snuff itself out. But Donald Trump takes all the oxygen in the room. So well, and Brian, I look, so he loses in 24. There's nothing to say he won't run again in 28. I, I, I mean, think the it. actuary I, tables will have something to say <laughs> about that. <laughs> Although Dr. Ronnie Cox says he's going to live to 200. I'm telling you, if he does, he's going to spend the rest of those days in court. <laughs> the, the man drinks like 10 Diet Cokes a day and he's still like going. So I don't know. Well, uh, yes. And then one morning he's going to wake up and go... <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then they're going to find him in a heap on the floor and he's babbling and drooling and that'll be it. That's yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So finally, you're going to run again. You're going to ever run again. I know I'll give my most it. honest answer. I would love to, I would love to run again. I hope I'm in a position where I can. I don't think I can ever be a Republican again. 
So it'll either be as an independent or a Democrat or whatever, or that's, a new party. Who knows? That is something to say from a man who was in the Tea Party. Yes, isn't it? Yeah. How about it? Crazy. Yeah. God bless you. Well, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Give us a, your plug. Where, where can we find you, your podcast? Two things, Brian. Follow me on Twitter at Walsh Freedom. The name of the podcast is White Flag with Joe Walsh. Find it anywhere. Uh, you're the best, Brian Carroll. Wherever Thank you. find podcasts. You didn't have to say that fast. We're in no deep hurry. <laughs> it's, it's not like the end of the, end of the hour. We got to get out. <laughs> it's, the, it's the radio guy in me. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah me. Too. And coming up next, coming the mellow next. sounds of Aerosmith. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Thank Joe. You, thanks for coming back, man. Take care. Thanks, man. The name of the show is Just Ask the Question. I'm your host, Brian Caraman. We'll catch you next time.